Crank up the volume and get ready for real-world bird hunting by listening to the Wingman Podcast by Eastman's. Now your host, Todd Helms. Hey guys, today's episode of the Wingman Podcast is brought to you by Savage. That's right, Savage Firearms. I personally am stoked to be partnering with Savage and shooting their new Renegade. I had the opportunity last year to put the Renegade through the paces on a Montana turkey hunt and perform flawlessly. Obviously, a turkey hunt is not a waterfowl hunt where I'm burning up lots and lots and lots of ammo, but I've had a chance to put that same Renegade through the paces shooting skeet, sporting clays, and trap this summer, and it has not failed me once. I specifically have not cleaned it. I want to see how much dirt, grit, grime, and punishment that Renegade can take before it malfunctions, and I haven't found the limit yet. I've been super impressed with the fit and feel of the Renegade. This thing's just tough. It's tough as nails, and if I'm looking for a waterfowl-specific shotgun, I'm looking for something that I can use as a canoe paddle if I need to, and the Renegade is going to do that and still go bang at the end of the day. You know, there's been uh, lots said over the years about shotguns. But for me, I need a gun that shoots where I point it, that goes bang every single time, and that throws good, even, consistent patterns. And the Renegade has all three. Plus, I can customize the fit with the stock, and that is huge. Because if you can't, if you don't have a shotgun that fits you, you're probably not going to hit very much. And that's a problem. Shotgunning's an art, rifle, rifle shooting's a science. Savage has kind of blended the two with the Renegade and brought all kinds of crazy features to bear with the new Renegade. Go online, check it out at savage.com, but more importantly, get your hands on one. See if it, see how they feel. Check it out for yourself. I have been super impressed so far, and I'm looking forward to putting that Savage Renegade to work over the course of the next season. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Wingmen Podcast, and we're on episode, I believe, 64, maybe 65 now, and as you can see, I'm not in my normal recording location. I'm in La Crete, Alberta, with Wingmaster Outfitting, and we have been pounding the geese the last several days, and on my left is Kurt Friesen, and on my right is Rod Friesen. These guys have been my guides, for lack of a better term. (laughs) We have been hammering birds, and we've obviously been having a ton of fun. So, guys, tell me how you got into this. Because you're young. You're 20. Yeah. And you're... 22. 22. So they're kids. They're children. (laughs) I've been wrangling children. No, it's been... No, we've had a lot of fun. But it's interesting to me, you guys are... You got a lot of hunting under your belts for being your for being young, I yeah. would say. But you guys know this area. You grew up here, right? Yeah. So how did you get into this? Um, well for me it was just being fortunate enough to our older brothers, they took us out hunting when we were just little kids basically and I don't know, goose hunting kinda always stuck with me. It was something I always had a passion for. And uh as I grew older started to try it ourselves and when i got to be legal age like 
so we could actually carry shotguns and stuff we we went out and we did a lot of diy hunts and uh <laughs> a lot of failures and but we learned a lot of stuff and uh eventually our hunts got better and i always i always wanted to do something where i could do it for like actually do it like as a guide like work for kyler or something and uh I know. I remember one day Henry Friesen actually he texted me and asked if I'd be interested in it because Kyler hadn't been doing it for a while, the the goose part of or the waterfall part of his hunting. And one day he texted me and he asked if I'd be interested in it, and I told him I would. And uh, he said it wasn't for sure, but a few days later Kyler contacted me and asked if I'd be interested in taking people goose hunting and. I guess from there is just. I was kind of nervous because mm-hmm. it was just I'd, the stuff I knew. I kind of we taught it to ourselves basically. <laughs> it was kind of self-taught, so I was pretty nervous that it'd be a failure. But so far, it's worked out pretty good. Oh, it's no. You guys are you guys are great, and you live in an absolute goose hunting mecca. Yeah. This is the Peace River. And I've been hearing about Peace River, Alberta, for well, since I was younger than you guys are now. Yeah. And it's world famous. This is where you come to, if you want to shoot geese. This is where you come. Yeah. And the numbers have borne that out. So just through experience, you just ran with it. And I mean, you're dialed. Your 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 stuff is dialed. Uh the specs are getting the best of us <laughs> some days. <but. laughs> <laughs> specs do that man every yeah. day these big groups of specs get up and we're all like oh great more specs because yeah. yeah, they, they're pain and it seems like we have we're getting more and more of them and they're getting wiser but just gonna learn i guess and you were saying that you guys were telling me kind of some of the history of this when you were younger you said you had more geese than, than you do now even we had tons of geese that's hard to imagine because there are Tens of thousands of geese here right now. When yeah. we grew up, if if you had a pea field, it wasn't, are there going to be geese? It was, how many geese are there going to be, and can we hunt this? Like, it was loads and loads. You'd see every pea field just tornadoes of geese. Uh-huh. And we had more Canadas then. So I remember my brother, my older brother, and he kind of lit the spark, and me and Rod, I think. And he'd come home. With him and, like, 12 buddies, they'd come home with, like, over 100 birds, like 120 <laughs> birds. Wow. And they would uh, they would dig pit blinds, and they'd hunt that field, like, all year. Uh-huh. And they'd just Just come one back. field. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, got, they, they could do it morning <laughs> after morning. It was just they'd limit out in a few minutes, basically, and just do it the next day again. Wow. We've had some stellar hunts. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday was, holy smokes. <laughs> we shot... I mean, we killed 66 birds, and it wasn't even our limit. We stopped short. It was getting later in the day, and the Why birds were kind of quit for <laughs> We ran out of ammo. Yes, <laughs> 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 they're like, I'm going to run back to the truck and get some more ammo. Well, there's nothing left in that truck. <laughs> we shot so bad yesterday. Well, we, we started, started out good. Started out good, and it did. just got worse. It's, yeah, and it was, you guys, I looked at Rod earlier you know later on in the morning and i was just like dude awesome scout because yeah. it was incredible just yeah. so many birds and we had ducks yesterday 
and it was just like every, I don't think there was more than a five minute window no. all morning long where we didn't have birds working the decoys. No. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. You could, I think you'd wear a dog out. <laughs> like they wouldn't yeah. be able to keep up with it. Yeah. It'd be chaos. That's our next thing. A dog. <laughs> yeah. There's some, st- yeah, that's, that definitely adds to it. There's a lot that goes into that, but we can, we can talk about that yeah. more later, but. So your when does your season start here? September first. Okay. Yeah. And you guys had clients start. Yeah. Start September first, we had clients. Yeah. Okay. And how long do you run hunts? Well, I've booked them in till end of September. We're full. Okay. And I've there's still guys calling me, but I've told them I'll wait, see how long the birds hold on. I told them. Maybe we'll shoot some green mallards in mm-hmm. October, and I'll let you know. But okay. after September is usually s- some snow geese, some specks, okay. and mallards. The lesser lesser Canadians, you'll get you'll usually get a break towards the end of September where you're like, oh, looks like it's done now, and then all of a sudden, first week, second week in October, every once in a while, you you'll get a nice group of lesser canadians that'll okay. that'll stop in like the little cackling geese. yeah and and you can hunt them pretty good sometimes some years i know last year we had october 14th we had a limit on on geese and it was mostly those lesser canadian geese but that's it's not like that every year so right yeah. right well it's it's wild so this hunt that we're on is like i said it's through wingmaster outfitting and it is the most unique waterfowl hunt I've ever been on because we hunt geese in the mornings and we're done by at the first morning we were done by what 7:30 yeah we were in the restaurant at 8, eight or something 8 <laughs> o'clock we're eating breakfast yeah. you know and we've and we've killed I don't know how many 40 geese or something like that yeah. that that morning it was like lights out and we've we've had to work for them a little bit more mm-hmm. since since that since that first day but there hasn't been a day when we haven't been out of the field by 10:30 or 11 o'clock yeah and we're, then we're back eating lunch, come back to this cabin and either chill or take a nap because you're up early. Yeah. And then we go bear hunting in the afternoons about four or five o'clock. Um, we've gone out with, with Norman and Bob and I'm going to actually have, I'm going to sit down with Kyler Knelson and Norman and we're going to talk about the big more about the outfitting side of thing and a little bit more of the big game side of thing but mm-hmm. this is a super unique hunt you don't hear about i remember when i, when I was getting ready to, <laughs> i was getting ready to come up here i was telling people like oh you're going to canada that's cool i'm like yeah it's it's pretty cool but well, what are you going to do well i'm hunting geese and bears and they kind of go <laughs> geese and what yeah it's a pretty <laughs> unique combination it's a super unique combination and the bear hunting has been as good as the goose hunting. Yeah. Lights out. Yeah. Well, it works so well around here because you got those old fields, the bears just crowd on them in the evening, and then in the morning you're hitting the geese hard. Right. Yeah, it's it's absolutely perfect. And, you know, right now we're staring at a moratorium on, in, on taking birds back with us. We can't take yeah. any birds back. Yeah. Yeah. The U.S. just said, nope, no birds coming out of Canada because of the avian flu. And so we're kind of scratching our heads going, what are we going to do with these birds? And you guys have lined up all these folks that want birds. Yeah. And so none of these birds are going to waste. People are eating them. And it was crazy this morning. We finished up, and these two dudes come driving out in the field in the pickup. Like, 
morning, fellas. And yeah. we're just talking like we know each other, <laughs> and, you know. Everybody here is so friendly. It's, it's, it's crazy. And these guys just help, and they helped us pick up decoys. Yeah. Loaded up the trailer, and they grab their geese. Well, see you later. And they take off with the geese and a couple of ducks, and it's incredible. I was, you started, you were telling me that we're cleaning birds that first day, and I'm thinking, oh, you get these froze down and packed up, and, and we'll take them home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. That, I think it was that day oh, yeah. they made the announcement. And I was kind of like, well, so much for that. Yeah, and we shot a few mounters. Oh, man. Some of the speckle bellies that we killed this week were as good as you see in, like, Kansas or Oklahoma or Missouri or Arkansas late, like, December and January. These things are barred up, perfect colors, easily could have taken some home. And I actually, I told my wife that. I said, I was visiting with her on the phone, like, last night. And I said, oh, it is such a shame that this thing isn't, that we can't bring birds home because i said we've killed some specks that would look really good hanging in the corner of the hanging in from the ceiling in the corner of a room yeah oh so what else do you guys do other than guide because if you're so your waterfowl season is only until you know you're probably done Mm mid-october for the most part what do you do kurt i'm in logging in the logging industry in the winter okay and the summertime me and my brothers two of my older brothers are actually Two of my older brothers and one younger brother, we run a family business. Or my older brothers run it, and me and my younger brother work for them. It's directional drilling. You were telling us a little bit about that, the directional drilling, and, <laughs> like, hitting gas lines and water lines. And <laughs> I make that sound like you're not good at what you do, but that's, that's not the case. But you were just telling stories about how you can turn the bit yeah. in different yeah. directions. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So you have to see it to... To really to understand it. it. Yeah, yeah I, I can imagine. But what about you, Rod? Um, yeah, for me, it's... Uh, I work for a logging company, and I'm a, a truck mechanic for them. Okay. So I work on trucks. I keep their trucks on the road. And uh, in November, every chance I get, I'm in the deer blind, so... The hunting you guys have up here is incredible. It's not just geese. It's not just ducks. It's not just bears. You got, there's elk. We saw elk last yeah, night. Yeah. Whitetail. And, yeah. Of course, you have, everybody knows about Canadian whitetails. I mean, it's like, duh. Yeah. But <laughs> some of the pictures you guys have shown us from the, from the deer, just incredible. Yeah. Just incredible. And then there's, you got moose hunting, obviously. And these are all hunts that are available through Wingmaster Outfitting. Mm-hmm. Kyler Knelson. Yeah, it it is. This place is an absolute mecca. You know, we've been to, I've been fortunate enough to hunt in a lot of different places. And Brandon Mason, who's with me on this hunt, and I were talking, and he said, "Not only do I just not want to go home, I feel like I could live here. Like it, this this place just feels like, man, I don't I don't really want to leave, other than not seeing my family <laughs> for a week for yeah. I don't know how many days. Yeah. But it's it's incredible, and a large part of that is is you guys." It's, we have laughed so hard <laughs> in, it's one thing after another. And we got Brandon's son, Hunter, running the camera, who is, oh man, he's a dad joke aficionado. And it's like, he is something else. <laughs> well, he said the same thing about you. <laughs> uh. But it's been like, 
laugh after laugh after laugh. It's like the back of my head behind my ears just hurts by the, by the time the hunt's over because I'm just dying. If we're not stacking them up, we're laughing. No, and that's that's the cool thing is if you guys if you come up here and you do this hunt, if you have a if you have a crappy time, it's your fault, not the guys, <laughs> because these guys are going to make make it enjoyable they're going to make it fun they're going to make sure all your needs are met kurt whips out of the truck yesterday morning he's like you boys want some sandwiches <laughs> <laughs> we took a bite and i don't know one of which one was like <laughs> <laughs> did he poison these things <laughs> you'd put what would you put Try on pepper and i dumped a lot <laughs> <laughs> The holes, the holes in the shaker were bigger than I thought. <laughs> so I just, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was good. And you're like, Kurt, why'd you feed them? <laughs> They're going to be in the bush crapping all morning. Well, it worked out. <coughs> oh, it worked, it worked great. It's just been, it's just been a riot. I mean, just the camaraderie and the laughter have just, Oh, one thing after another, but it's been interesting too because some of the stuff that you guys get to experience up here, we don't get to do in in the states. Especially, mm-hmm. we get the same geese that you guys are shooting up here this time of year. We'll start seeing them in November. They'll mm-hmm. start showing up in in Montana and and a little bit in Wyoming, and then they winter over. A lot of them winter over in along the river valleys in Montana and Wyoming and even in, down into Colorado. And then they turn around and they come back up here in the spring. And to be able to see both ends of that migration, yeah, it's been incredible. Like last winter I was in Oklahoma shooting specs in Little Canada's, and this is where it starts. Yeah. And I was all the way down there. It's, it's absolutely unbelievable. But the funny thing is, your duck limit. Explain your duck limit to me. It's eight ducks. As long as it's a duck, it's considered one. Like, it's not drakes. It's not hens. Right. It's, if it's a duck, it's in your duck limit. So guys that come up here, do you ever get guys that are like, well, where's the, where's the drakes? You ever get guys yeah. that are that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they we have to tell them that that's later in the season that they... Actually, early season we just shoot brown ducks. Yeah. yeah, they all look the same. Well, you can tell the body size. You can tell what what it is, but mm-hmm. but they're all brown. Yeah, there's ways you could tell. You know, like a Drake Mallard's got a yeah. green bill, got yeah. a green bill, yeah. and we shot a Drake Pintail yesterday that was actually starting to get some color to it. Yeah. And and so you can tell. But in flying around, if you don't, if you know your ducks, what they look like in the air, the way their flight characteristics, yeah. you'd be like, oh, these are pintails, or yeah. Yeah. oh, and we shot a pile of pintails yesterday. Yeah. A pile of them. So you, so you get guys that are disappointed, or maybe, I shouldn't say disappointed, but wondering. But it, the point is, if you're coming up here thinking you're going to shoot trophy-mounted ducks, no. No. that's not what it's about. No. You'll shoot big Canadas and barred up specs, but no no ducks. Right. And you're going to, good chance you'll shoot a lot of ducks, but they won't be colored. Well, that's the thing, is we killed 26 ducks yesterday morning. 28. Okay, yep. 28. See, I can't count. You can count. <laughs> but we were covered up in ducks all morning long. Yeah. If we could have shot, if we'd have shot better, <laughs> yeah. 
We'd have had a lot. We'd have had a lot more. Half the time ducks. we were waiting for the geese, so yeah. we were skipping on ducks. Because, right. Yeah, we had oh. ducks buzzing us that we didn't oh, even yeah. shoot at. Yeah. No, yeah. it's 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 crazy. So if you if you're thinking about coming up here, which I would obviously highly recommend, just come with that expectation. You get eight ducks. Yeah. And ducks yeah. are ducks. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, we're out there. <coughs> Excuse me. Yesterday morning, was was probably the most birds that we've seen mm-hmm. yeah. in on, on a hunt but man i needed i needed my little pulled sunglasses yeah so bad on that oh, hunt. Yeah. if i wouldn't have had those yesterday morning i don't i don't know if i'd been able to see because we were we were set up we had to be set up because of the brush row and the fence it was the power line the right power line, yeah. because all those things and the wind was just right we because we thought about crosswinding them yeah but they needed to be able to make that swing, and the power line was preventing it. Yeah. yeah. So we set up looking into the sun, thinking, well, we got quite a bit of time. And then it was foggy. You guys get a lot of those conditions where you're limited by fog or you have mornings like that? This, this year has actually been pretty good. Um, I remember years where every single morning you struggled with fog. But for the most part, once the sun comes up, it'll clear off. And right. And uh, usually you'll end up having a good hunt. But We struggle with fog, and it can help you out a ton if you have fog. How so? Seems like some of those geese, they, they punch through the fog. They see, they see the decoys, they just drop on in. They don't bother looking at your blinds if it's foggy. Interesting. It, it can help you out, but you need to yak on the calls pretty good. Yeah, and get their attention. Yeah. I know we had a couple of groups just like all of a sudden... They were just in yeah. front of the blind. Like, all of a yeah. sudden, they are right there. And we were scrambling to grab shotguns and kill them. <laughs> oh, man. We had a bird yesterday do something that I've never had before. Did you, Which one of you shot that bird? It wasn't me. I think uh, I think The I power got it, line? Yeah. The lineman? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Rod crushed a bird, and it... It's just still flapping down, and it came, and we were set up right in front of a power line, and he just smoked that power <laughs> line, <laughs> and his old neck was skinned off. It was like he, like, wrapped around yeah. it oh, yeah. and flung <laughs> off, and the power line's going up and down, and, of course, we're hooting and hollering and laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, Hunter, did you get that? Yeah. Get what? Yeah. <laughs> And I just, I'm like, oh my gosh, it has been one thing after another like that. And it's, it is crazy, but the, we had a duck that sailed and you were running back to the truck to get shells. And I'm watching this duck and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it's going to go right over Kurt. And I'm thinking you're going to shoot it. I didn't have a gun. Didn't have a gun. You hucked a box of shells (laughs) at it. I almost hit it too. (laughs) (laughs) This thing, all of a sudden I see Kurt and he's like, woof. Throws this box of ammo, it comes down, and you see shells go all <laughs> over the field. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. But it has been one thing after another like that where just joking and laughing and, and just having more fun than, than I've ever had on a, on a hunt. And you guys are a huge, huge part of that. It's, it's just, yeah, it's impossible to describe it. You have to see it because you guys telling me, oh, we don't have the birds like we used to have. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm going, what? You don't have birds like you used to have. This is incredible. You're scouting. Did you scout last night? Yeah. You did. Did you, did you, See, go, you what guys happened, scout together? Um, you usually go separate spots. Separate spots. Check at different areas. It's but. big, big country, so mm-hmm. if you want a, an evening scout, you've only got two hours. Right. So, But what happened yesterday is we had this field, and you saw the field. It was piled. Full. Yeah, we drove by school bear hunting, and there and was I drove hundreds past of birds at eight o'clock, and they were all gone. Really? Yeah. They just and those spe- the speckle bellies will do it. They'll just switch fields. It seems, but I there were still Canada's on it, and I found a couple other fields loaded with specks, but the guy, own, the owner of that field, he him and his daughters wanted to go hunting. Yet. Okay. His daughters were in college, so didn't want to step on his toes so. right right but we didn't hear a lot of shooting this morning no no and i it's saturday I, morning there was guys close by there were was there guys a few fields over they were hunting too and yeah it was a bit of a slower morning but so everybody was kind of in the same boat this morning yeah and well, I'm, I'm wondering what what you said is true about the the feeding overnight thing and the full moon because we got a full moon yeah. yeah we got a full and it's a big full moon yeah, and yeah. i mean like lay, sleeping in the cabin of course we're exhausted so sleeping is not a problem <laughs> But if if you were not tired, you know, not exhausted, worn out, that much light coming through the windows might be hard to even sleep. Mm-hmm. And so, super clear night last night, not a cloud in the sky, moon super bright. It, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if those birds hopped around and fed all night long. Yeah. Well, this morning, um, my brother Kevin went on a hunt, I guess. He's getting up there, too. He's he's just 18, and he's hunting pretty hardcore. He's got all my me and Rod's old uh, decoys and blinds and stuff he's using it now that's awesome how many brothers and sisters siblings do you guys have uh, well it's 10 11 total 11 with everybody yeah seven brothers or seven boys four girls that is awesome so is your younger brother the youngest then no this there's kid? one younger there's one, there's one younger. younger he's 14 and yeah he always goes with my other brother yeah they're the next duo <laughs> The freezing clan <laughs> up there smoking geese in Alberta. And it, that's cool. So so you guys hunt together as a family? Because you said something yesterday. You said it, Rod. And you were like, hey, can we get a, can we get a picture of the two of us together? Mm-hmm. Because he said, we don't, we don't have any pictures where it's just us. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, of course. You know, let's get some pictures. So we got some pictures with you guys. But as a family, do you guys hunt together? Actually, this September, September 2nd, we, me and Rod told all, all of my brothers and brother-in-laws because, well, we're the younger ones of the batch, so all of my older siblings are married uh-huh. as well. So all of my brothers and brother-in-laws came, and there was 11 guys in the blind and then six, six kids. Six nephews, yep. Six of my nephews, and then we, oh, yeah, we, we had hunted. A bowl. How many panels <laughs> did you have Four. out? Four. <laughs> Wow, you sit on each other's laps in there. Just or what? a big win rule. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's we awesome. Shot, we ended up shooting thirty geese, I think. Oh, so it you worked. backed him up to you backed up to a win row. No, no, we actually didn't. No. You, so you, it looked like we made it, a win. We, we win made him. Yeah, we built a win <laughs> row. Yeah. Okay, I got it. Man, I got it. it. <coughs> and it worked. It worked. It well, did. we weren't out there for too long. My older brothers, they don't have as much time for hunting as we do. Mm-hmm. So they. 
they had they wanted to go back to work, get combining. It was harvest season. Yep. So we stayed out on the field only till eight ish, but we got thirty birds and we had a good time. Thirty birds like that. Yeah. I'm betting. So you said that you guys had some you've had some other folks come up. The where I grew up hunting is always I told you I've been saying this all week because it just blows my mind how similar it is and I'm probably sick of hearing it, but very similar. Similar birds, you know, we, get, we always got first crack at them where we were mm-hmm. coming out of mm-hmm. Hudson Bay. And then you guys are getting first crack at these birds. The methods that, that you guys are using up here very closely mimic what we, what we did too. But, <clears throat> and you hunt very similarly than what, than what we would in Wyoming later in the year. You can get away with stuff up here that we can't. Oh, yeah. 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 Like parking trucks. Yeah, pretty close. A couple hundred yards. A couple hundred yards away. Yeah. No big deal. Birds don't pay any attention to them at all. And we're like, if we park that close, we gotta hide them. You know, they've got to be hidden inside, like up next to equipment or something like that. Because there's no way. You had a crew here from. He did. I wasn't guiding. You them. did. You told me earlier in the week you had dry, a crew. Dry foot. Dry foot outfitters. Yeah. Uh, Mike Pline with Toxic Calls. Okay. Down here, and uh, with the dry foot outfitters crew, they were down here. We actually, what did, I think we only had two hunts with them because they were kind of hunting as they were coming down. Okay. And then they did a few hunts here just to kind of get a feel. I think they had plans on coming here years after and then COVID broke out and everything. So they haven't been down again, but I'm not sure if they'll, they'll be back, but no, they were, they were kind of hunting their way down and then kind of just hunting their way back up. So Okay. Yeah. And you guys got into them. But one of the things that you said was they were surprised. Oh, yeah. Tell me. Oh, they couldn't believe it. When I pulled out those panel blinds, they were like, this is all you guys use? Like, this works? Like, yeah, that's it's what we've been using the whole season. And uh, they just went out to the to the windrow and started cunch- cutting a bunch of brush. And ju- they just piled it onto the, the blinds. And that kind of got me a little snapshot of what you guys have to deal with over there that we're kind of educating all these geese for you and, and then we're Sorry. sending them that way <laughs> yeah when i cl- from now on when i clean a bird and it's got somebody else's steel shot in it i'm gonna go kurt yeah it's kurt it's not me <laughs> rod, rod Ten always kills him headshots only uh the duck the duck eye you saw the duck eye. <laughs> you did yeah you <laughs> platypus it's platypus <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. The you pulled the panels out the first day, and I was like, "Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense." We got in them, sat down, and I think the first group that came in was like eight birds, mm-hmm. and we killed what seven of them, mm-hmm. and they were right in our face. It wasn't like they made a big swing and then kind of side slipped us. They were right in the kill hole, right in front of the blind, mm-hmm. and I was like. All right, <laughs> then I like this, and yeah. we haven't had every group do that, obviously, because no. it's hunting. Yeah, but most of the birds finish tight. Uh huh. And me and Rod grew up hunting coffin blinds. Yeah, and that was actually my main concern going into guiding when I was when I was doing it myself, and then I was asked to go guiding. Mm-hmm. I I was only used to using the coffin blinds, and because uh, I always thought the the panel blinds didn't work and i thought they were kind of for old people 
for old people. But, but Kyler told me like all these these guys that come up here, they don't want to. The coffin blinds are not comfortable like for like older people. Yeah. So if you can sit in a panel blind and just enjoy the view, it's way better. And after a while, we realize that the stuff actually works. And now I wouldn't go back. Never. Well, we realized no one around here was hunting panels. No one. Like when we were 14, 13, no one was hunting with panels. It was all layout blinds. Right. And when we started hunting panels, actually, we had birds land in the blinds because they, were, they weren't used to hunting panels. Like, they were landing they were, in the blinds. They were constantly watching for these coffin blinds. They were, like, we were having trouble with the coffin blinds because they were spotting <coughs> us, and we were like, okay we're we're down low we're we're trying to hide and right that's why i, I originally thought well the the panel blinds are, they're not going to work because we we're barely getting away with the coffin blinds but now they i don't know they just don't watch for that they just assume it's it's a bush in the middle of the field i guess yeah and i think i know because we use them too mm-hmm. and we if we can we butt them up against stuff yeah uh you know whatever it might be a tall patch of grass or yeah we try to make it look as natural as possible. But we did a hunt last year where there was just a corn stubble field, and we literally just stubbled up the panels while mm-hmm. we were using A-frames, but stubbled up a- A-frame blinds, and away we went, mm-hmm. and we smoked them. Yeah. And it, it is, it is it almost feels like, man, is this <laughs> really going to work? I know Jim Sobeer from Sitka, when we, we hunted with him quite early on, a couple, several years ago, and he was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. He was talking about hunting in A-frames. And I was, like, trying to, because we, we were still hunting in layouts. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, you." St- <laughs> I won't repeat what, what he called it. It was hilarious. But he's like, yeah, you you feel like you're, you're sticking out. Yeah. Like, there's no yeah. way this is going to work. Yeah. But it does. Yeah, well, yeah. And I don't know if it's like a. I think part of it is they they think it's probably like a bush. The other part is I think it. I there's honestly times when I think they have a hard time deciphering picking out a well hidden panel. Yeah. Or yeah. a well hidden a frame, mm-hmm. because it's like a depth perception thing. Especially if you can color match or put it up against a wind roll, like, like if you can, if you're a couple hundred yards from the wind roll and you can kind of put it up. If they're coming from the other side. They have a hard time seeing, like, yeah, they can they can see something, but they have a hard time seeing if it's if it's just part of the the wind roll or or what it is. But that makes sense because they're so they're looking because a lot of the birds we shot came in low. Yeah, they're not they weren't flying way up in the stratosphere and then spiraling down to us. No, no. They're fifty sixty yards up, and they're just coming in nice and low. It would have been just over treetop level. You mm-hmm. see them a lot of times when they leave the field. They'd have to climb to get over the trees to get back into whatever yeah. slough they were going yeah. into. And so, yeah, that makes sense, Rod, that they would be looking, flying in, in and looking, and they can't pick it out yeah. because it's against that backdrop. Yeah. Yeah, but it feels like you're just out in the middle mm-hmm. of nowhere. Oh, I know. Stuck out there. Yeah. Um, it didn't bear, it didn't, this didn't prove out yesterday because we shot like idiots, but um, you shoot better standing up, too. Oh, oh yeah. for sure. Um, I used to be, when I, when we were hunting panels, or no, sorry, when we were hunting laydowns, when I switched to panels, 
I had trouble hitting geese. Really? Because I would skeet shoot from a layout blind. Yep. We, would we used shoot to do the same thing. And we would hunt. So you were used to, and shooting from a layout, it's different. You shoot under and or whatever. You have to shoot different. And the first time I hunted a panel, I couldn't hit. No kidding. And they were right in our face. I couldn't hit. But you have to get used to it. But if you're used to shooting skeets, standing up, you're definitely going to be a better shot in a oh, panel yeah. blind. Yeah. It, yeah, and I, and I think you probably get some older folks, older yeah. fellas, some come, come yeah. up and hunt, and they like to shoot standing up. Yeah, exactly. I know for, you know, obviously yesterday I wasn't, I mean, we put, I don't know how many rounds through the Savage Renegade in the last week, but it's been a lot just just burning through the federal but um it just seems like it's more natural i could pick that i could pick that renegade up and you guys yell take them i could just grab that renegade and i stand up and i'm just swinging the gun yeah and i've got and the other thing that i noticed we had wind switches yeah big time and you're not you don't have to move exactly you're all you know if you're in layout blind you got to pull all your stuff out and turn it around and move you know we set up decoy spread that was kind of universal. Mm-hmm. If they came in behind us, you guys would just be like, shoot them out the back. Yeah, turn around and just... And we did that a bunch. Yeah. The day we hunted um, with that with the landowner's son. Yeah. Those birds were all... They were just doing whatever. Yeah, they, they did whatever. It was hard. Yeah. yeah. Do you see that um, fairly regularly? Or are you used to just like birds right in your face all the time? Later in the season, we see that more. Do you? Yeah. And it depends on the weather, I guess, the wind, if we have a... And there's seasons where I remember you hardly had a wind ever in the morning. And then an hour in, it'd pick up. And then you'd have to end up switching, especially with the laydowns. You'd end up having to switch all sorts of stuff. But that's one of the things I really like about the panel blinds. You just shoot from wherever. Like, even if one side can take them or the other side and... At least, at least we're getting birds. Right. Yeah. There were several times where you were like, "Man, if you guys can kill those, just shoot." Yeah. Because they, you know, birds don't always center you up yeah. perfect. It's yeah. it's the real world. You know, not every flock does it yeah. exactly right. Your panel blinds were interesting too. They did you guys make those? Kyler did. Yeah. You made those. No, Kyler. Oh, I, Kyler. Kyler. Yeah. Made I built I built some of my own last year too, and my younger brothers they're using them, but they're very similar. Yeah. And. What 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 are they made out of? Aluminum kind of kind of describe them to me because it's just aluminum tubing. Tubing, I think they're ten feet long. I think so. Yeah. And then the front's about three feet, four feet high, and then the back side's higher. Okay. And then we've got uh, hog panel pretty much in them, welded into them, and then we just weave willows through them. And you have and some then, burlap zip tie. Yeah, to we it zip tie burlap inside. on the inside, and okay. then we weave willows through it. And that's a one season. So you really don't actually. have a, probably a ton of money wrapped up into making those. No. No, it isn't that expensive. If you've no. got the resources the, and the know-how. It's yeah. the tubing. That's the most expensive. Yeah, because hog panels, thing. cheap. Yeah. Burlap's cheap. That's cool. That's a good DIY thing for, for anybody that's listening is, I mean, obviously there's a ton of blind, there's a ton of blinds on the market. Yeah. yeah. There's a ton of A-frames out there and panels and all. And, and they, they all, they're all great. But if you've got the know-how and you want to maybe have a summer project, I think that'd be cool. You guys are, I told you about the A-frame trailer. 
Yes. That our friend, that my friend Noah Miller uses with Western Waterfowlers. Mm -hmm. And the looks on your faces. (laughs) (laughs) Are you guys going to build one? We should. Uh, I think it would be a good idea. Yeah. It would be, the way you guys hunt, that blind would be, it would, it'd be a game changer. Yeah. You throw all your decoys in it. You throw all your stuff in it, and you just go down the road. If it needs more grass, you put more grass on it. Yeah. It is incredible. And this one, that one's got, like, LED light strips in it. So in the, in the early in the morning when you guy and you got guys sitting in there, you just flip on the lights on the light strip, and they can see what they're doing. Yeah. It has two 20-pound propane, or two, actually, I think they're 40-pound. So it's like 80 pounds of propane mounted on the tongue right against that front of the front of that blind. And... He's got propane lines running all across the front of the blind. And so then he just screws in the little buddy, the sunflower style heaters. heaters. And they got heat. Because I would imagine yesterday, I would bet you get some guys, some some guys that they'd want a heater. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's a little chilly out, yeah. Because it was what? It was one? It it, It was minus, well, in Celsius, it was minus one because... While the decoys were frosted up a bit, right? They were free. So we they were had frost on them. Yeah, because we pulled up and I. Re- <laughs> <laughs> the thirty degree thing. Brandon said. To, <laughs> Brandon said to, to Kurt, he's like, that's like thirty degrees outside. And you looked at it, what did you say? I said you might as well be speaking French. To <laughs> me. <laughs> we're a Western Canada. You guys don't speak French. No. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. But that so that has been a just a kind of an example of just how the week has gone. You just get up, meet you guys, and we've had some late nights. Oh my gosh, some just ridiculous late nights. But I'll get back to that in a minute. Do you see any DIY guys like guys from the states come up here? It's um, a long ways. Yeah, we were twenty hours in the vehicle. There's some guys like, and they come every year if they do. Usually there's guys more in Rocky Lane area. They they come, they set up camp for a week, and okay. then they just DIY it because they know people in Rocky Lane. I would imagine, yeah, I would imagine it wouldn't be that easy to come up here. Like, I'm looking at it going, dude, I think this would be a tough place to just come up and freelance. Yeah, well, we know this community, everybody knows everybody. Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm... My dad knows everyone, so right. you just call the guy, and he's like, who are you? And you just tell him who you are, and he's like, oh, yeah, you can hunt here. And it's tougher when you don't know anyone. And I wouldn't even know where to start other than, like, driving up to people's houses and knocking yeah. on doors. And we do that a lot. Right. Do you have a resource like OnX? Like, we use, I use OnX constantly to get, to get permission. You have iHunter? Yeah. So that's... I'm not familiar with that one. Okay, well, it's just a land map, and you buy your area, okay. and then you have the names of every field. Okay, on every field so it's like is a plat. the field owner. It's like a plat map. Yeah. yeah. See, and, and Onyx has that, and and Onyx just literally just added Canada. Okay. So we were driving up here looking at Onyx, um, driving along looking at, well, oh, that person owns that field. You know, we're driving through the prairie pothole region south of Edmonton, and there's tens of thousands of ducks. Like, everywhere you look, there are ducks. And I'm like, man, that'd be cool. And Brandon's like, well, let's see who owns it. You know, obviously, we're not going to stop and hunt, but we could, 
we had access to that information. Mm-hmm. So you could do it, but all it does is it, I guess what I'm, what I'm getting at is you come up here and you could freelance, but you've got lodging. Yeah. You've got, you got, I'm thinking about all the costs. You got lodging, you got food, you got transport gas while you're here, which you guys took care of for us while we were here. Food was provided for us. Lodging was provided for us. Bird services were provided for us. Gas fuel was provided for us. You did all the scouting because we were chasing bears around. Yeah. And I look at the cost of this hunt, which is right now it's about $7,000 to do the black bear hunt and the waterfowl hunt. And I'm thinking... I wouldn't, I, obviously, if you came up here and freelanced, you wouldn't be adding, you most likely wouldn't be doing bears. But you got, to freelance this, you've got thousands of dollars to oh, come yeah, and do yeah. this hunt. Yeah. And you don't know anybody. You don't know where to start. I mean, Onyx is a phenomenal tool, yeah. and it would be useful and help. In fact, there's guys in, down in that prairie pothole region from my neck of the woods right now that I personally know, and they were telling me, they were te- we were texting back and forth, they are like, dude, Onyx added Canada, and it's so much easier now. We should look into that. Yeah, you should yeah. look into it. You should. It's, iHunter is pretty good, but Onyx is phenomenal because there's more. There's so much. I was kind of looking at your at your apps the other day, mm-hmm. and Onyx is wind. You can got we we did um, with Brandon's bear. We had to leave it overnight, mm-hmm. and we could follow our track to the footfall, so we didn't have to worry about not being able to blood trail yeah, oh, yeah because we had he hit he turned on the tracking feature and we could see exactly where we'd been yeah and my bear ran off and expired and we went in made sure it was dead and then we went back out to go help brandon look for his bear and it's just this wild canadian bush yeah and i'm like okay we just left a bear out in that bush how in the world are we going to find that thing again Turn, we, but we had turned on the Onyx tracking feature, and I could walk a straight line right back to that bear. Yeah, it's a phenomenal tool. So there's all kinds of stuff. So yeah, I, I would recommend that you check that out because it is an incredible app, especially now that they've added the, all, all the provinces. Mm-hmm. Because it is, we use it all the time. It is, it's a, it's a game changer. Not just for finding information. It's got cropland layers, like. I'm like, hmm, I wonder what was, say I'm getting ready to get go hunt, and it's got, I can look up what crops were where from the year before. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's especially handy for, like, spring snow geese. Yeah. Because I can look at it and go, oh, that's, you know, whatever was in there. And they can, it can show me, and I'm like, that's a feed. I guarantee you that's going to be a feed. Oh. I can look at that, look it up. <clears throat> There's a lot of features like that, but I guess getting back to back to that, do you guys offer just waterfowl hunts? Just straight waterfowl yeah. hunts? You do. Yeah. So you wouldn't have to come up and hunt bears too. No, no, there's nope. straight waterfowl too. Yeah. What do those run? What do those cost? That would be a question for Kyler. I'm not actually sure about okay. that. Well, for sure. what we do with the locals that buy hunts, it's a thousand per hunt. Okay. But it'd just be a question of lodging and uh, food and everything and gas and everything. Right. And he'd figure something out. I'm sure. You have some kind of package deal for guys that are coming down for that. So Right. Yeah, because I know that, you know, maybe not everybody is interested in shooting a black bear in conjunction. I Honestly, I'm like, 
don't know what else we would have done in the afternoons. Yeah, probably we, went and shot ducks in the slough. Well, that would, yeah, that would be an option because you guys are like, oh, we don't have a lot of ducks. And we're driving around, I'm looking at these sloughs and there's ducks all over them. I'm like, these guys are on crack. <laughs> there's ducks everywhere. Let's go, you know, but we were hunting pears, but that would, that would be cool. Yeah. So you could go out and hunt geese in the morning, probably shoot a few ducks like yeah. we did. And then go concentrate specifically on ducks and finish up your duck limit in the yeah. afternoon. Well, even in the evening, those sloughs are getting piled full of geese. So if you didn't shoot your limit in the morning, you'd fill it up in the evening yeah. more than wow. likely. Yeah, that's, I look at that and I think, I don't have to worry. Because you guys, what, what all what all do you provide in a hunt? We provide the blinds, the decoys. And we set them up. All you need to bring is shotgun and ammo. Unless you're we coming do from down south, we can do that as well. Yeah, because I think yeah. you. Well, no, not the shotgun. I'm sorry. <coughs> well, I, if if people need shotguns, we have shotguns. Yeah. 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 If people don't want to bring their guns down. And it wasn't a big deal at no. the at the border. It was not a big deal. We we got the forms ahead of time. And we had them filled out. We had to stop and fill out another form at the U.S. border before we went in. Basically, a piece of paper that shows what you have with you. That you're going to cross the border with it and be bringing it back. So it's not like you went up there and came here and bought a gun and then you're bringing it home. Mm-hmm. Which you, I don't think you could do anyway. But uh, it was simple. It was not hard. Because I know that's a big question right now. I know a lot of guys are like, oh, yeah, but how about crossing the border, you know? Because COVID was a nightmare yeah. for everybody. And it was cake. I mean cake. Literally, we pulled up and the we, we got our paperwork done on the U.S. side so we can get back in with our, with our firearms. It took yeah. five minutes. It was easy. Drove across the border, pulled up, and the guy, the, the customs officer, Canadian customs officer, said, you know, What's your purpose? Purpose of your visit? So we're going hunting in La Crete. Oh. You have any? You have firearms? Yes. Any handguns? No. You know, we went down through the list of requirements to get in. He's like, okay, cool. Pull ahead. Come down in. We'll get you all squared away with your paperwork and get you on your way. Took, well, it would have taken probably five minutes, but we kind of, Sat and talked about hunting for a little bit oh, with, with the guy. Yeah. And it was easy. I mean, easy. And we picked, a, we picked a real remote border crossing. Having the luxury to come up out of Wyoming and through Montana, we picked one that's it's only open 8 to 5, and there's nothing there. It's literally just the two checkpoints. Oh, yeah. It's just out in the middle of the prairie. <clears throat> so, that but that was cake. So, Brandon and I were both, we crossed the border and we were kind of like, looked at each other like that was easy cool but if you didn't want to worry about traveling with a gun say you want to fly up here and you don't want to fly with a gun you guys would have a shotgun oh yeah yeah we we did that with uh the three guys that came down here what was it two years ago they did the bear hunt and the goose hunts as well and uh kyler supplied the shotguns for them okay shotguns and ammo yeah yeah and we get your license yes you took you took care of the licensing while we were here yeah and it was Everything was so easy that it was kind of like, man, are we really squared away? 
we're really good. We're, we're good. Like, we're legal. Like, yeah, you got this, got this. Yeah, you're good. It was, it was easy. And that in, its, in and of itself, not having to f- travel with ammo, because I have to worry about that. And I think you can bring, I think they told us at the border, you can bring something like, uh, it was a ridiculous number. I don't want to quote it because I may not remember it exactly. But it was a lot of ammunition. Way more than I um, had imagined. Would it have been enough? <laughs> <laughs> probably not. <laughs> oh, if I'd have been here for another week, yeah, I would probably would have had to go get more someplace. <laughs> but, but we didn't have to worry about that because you guys had that handled. Yeah. You had it, you had it squared away. You got all the ammo that we needed, and we never ran out. I had to make a couple runs to the truck yesterday, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know it's a good hunt <laughs> when you have to go get it was It was an awesome hunt. But I, I guess the point that I'm, that I'm driving at is if you're sitting here listening to this and you want to come to the Peace River, Alberta, and hunt geese, which it should be a bucket list item for everybody that hasn't done it, it's a waterfowler, you should come up here and do this because it's incredible. You, you, I would highly recommend going with you guys because it's just easy i don't have there there's not all this there's not a bunch of running around involved i don't have to worry about getting a hotel i don't have to worry it's taken care of yeah it's done and the bird cleaning if we were taking birds back home you guys would have had the birds all squared away for us too yeah yeah that is awesome that that's something that I know there's a lot of freelancers that listen to this podcast. I know there's a lot of DIY guys that listen to it, and they're kind of like, oh, that's not my, they might be, oh, that's not my thing. And my response to you would be, you should try it at least once. Because I felt like we could have slept in and be like, yeah, we'll come out when the decoys are set up. Have a sandwich for me. (laughs) But that's not who I am. If you'd have done that, I'd put more pepper on it (laughs) (laughs) you guys yeah yeah oh man you're gonna get people out there that like cayenne pepper and you're gonna be like this guy's insane he doesn't help set decoys and he eats cayenne pepper by the pound oh but it's an option yeah oh you could be like oh yeah 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 we got it i mean that's your job yeah and I asked Kyler the first the morning before the first hunt. I said, "Are these guys interested in in helping set up? Because some guys want to. Like it's part of the part of the experience. Right. For the most part, people want to do it. But if you want to sleep in later and show up just to shoot, you can do that too. Well, I think for me personally, I like to learn stuff. Yeah. And. I don't feel like you can learn anything if you're sleeping or laying in bed and just letting everybody else do the work for you. Yeah. Now, like I said, if that's your thing, that's what you want to do, it's an option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to help. I wanted to, you know, get to know you guys and you're putting packing decoys around and you're talking and you're telling stories and BSing and comparing notes. Well, what do you think? I think we should set a big C and that meant that first morning that C spread worked. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And we played around with some other spreads throughout the week and Yeah. You know, compare notes and, ah, let's try that. It doesn't work. We can move them, you know. Yeah, and we're still learning every day. That's, Everybody. I think that's what waterfowl is. You never stop learning. Exactly. Because we had, we had that conversation. That's a really good point, Kurt, because we had that conversation, like, every day is different. Yeah. You get out the one day, and you'll smoke them. And then the next three in a row, it'll be slow. Yeah. 
and then you'll smoke them again, and you're like, okay, what changed? What changed? What do you guys see day-to-day making the biggest difference in your successful versus non-successful hunts? Weather. I think weather. So Weather's big, and scouting is huge. Scouting, yeah. Being, like, knowing where the birds want to be. Like, I remember when I was just hunting for myself, um... I knew there's geese in a field, so I didn't worry about it. I didn't worry about scouting. I was like, oh, there's geese. We'll just set up somewhere, and, well, we have decoys. They're going to come in. But they wouldn't even look at us. They mm-hmm. just they just went right to where they've been, and they they just go right past us. And if you can scout the evening before and know exactly, you can make that X where they've been, and uh, you can be there in the morning. That's another that's another place where we use I use Onyx oh, yeah. all the time because I can literally I can either drop a pin where I think they are and I can zoom that map right in and go, Okay, I'm here. Those geese are right there and I can drop a pin right there. So I'm not mm-hmm. wandering not around guessing. in the dark. It's deceiving. Like it you, is you, the evening before you're like, Oh yeah, I'll find that spot. In the morning you get out there, it's it's dark. Yeah. You're like, Yeah, I think they're think they're right about here and and it gets light uh sunrise comes up and you're like whoa we're way too close to the highway or we're way too close to the tree line or something like that shows up and and it's just why take the chance yeah exactly and that like i said that's where the on x thing you guys will you guys will use that a lot even if you can the birds are out there and you can drive out after they leave and find the exact x Mm -hmm. boom drop a pin you can go right back to that thing the next day, and then you're not. You're saving a lot of time. You are. Yeah. You're. You're. You know. I watched. I watched you guys. I watched you the first morning. And you're out the window with a flashlight, looking. Mm-hmm. And, and Brandon's like, "Man, what are they doing?" I said, "Oh, they're looking for goose poop." He's like, "Oh, okay." And we were pretty much on the X yeah. that morning. It was. It was dialed, but I think it was. Was the next morning. When we hunted that farmer's place with his son? Was no, that was uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. So the third morning. The third, third morning. morning. We we struggled to be on yeah. the X that yeah. morning. Because the road was the road we came on was kind of diagonal. Uh-huh. And when we went on the field, I was thinking I was following the road. And really we were going that way, so we were way further away from the road than I thought we were, and really the geese were hugged up against the the road Mm -hmm. which is what i thought where i thought we were setting up and it was actually further back so and it worked yeah we killed a bunch of birds that morning Mm -hmm. but we they had i mean we had to convince them yeah they didn't there were some there were a couple groups that just gave it up they were just like "Ah," right into the decoys (laughs) man there were others that worked and worked and worked and didn't really want to do it and we had to really coax them and Mm -hmm. you were working that flag like it like you were, I don't know. Like I don't know if I was doing it more to get the geese in, or if I was doing it to piss off Rod. <laughs> <laughs> Rod hates it. <laughs> Why do you hate the flag? I don't hate the flag. He hates it when I use it. I don't really use it. No, he's just like there's geese like ten miles away. They're like migrating, and he's just going wild with this thing. Five minutes later, geese come in from the other side, and he's like, Rod. Those are the geese that I flagged in. I'm like, no, those aren't the geese that you flagged. 
<laughs> this has been what we've done every single morning. These two having the little brotherly bickering. Rod's like, <laughs> Kurt, shut up. You're too loud. <laughs> I walked out to get a cripple yesterday. That one far goose that, yeah. I, that I walked out, and yeah. I like disappeared in the fog. I was mm-hmm. gone, right? I could hear every word coming out of your mouth. <laughs> and I was almost to the highway. And I'm going, yep, now I see what Rod's talking about. Those <laughs> geese know he's there 300 yards before they get to him. Oh, and, but I could hear you guys laughing. I could hear you guys talking. Oh, ducks, 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 ducks. <laughs> <laughs> It was so funny. I was just, I was dying. But back to that whole X thing. So you guys are scouting feeds. Yeah. How, what does that work? What, how, how do you do it? What do you look for? Well, in the beginning of the season, even before the season starts, I'm just looking for fields that are either peas or oats or barley, something that I know the geese are going to be on. Mm-hmm. And then I'm looking for fields like that that are close to water water areas like sloughs or or the river the river line's always a pretty good area so we kind of know the areas around here that'll have geese and even before the season starts we go out we get a bunch of these fields and then by the time september 1st comes around there's a bunch of geese on the fields we already have Mm -hmm. and there's local guys that are calling to ask if they can hunt these fields so we kind of try to get ahead of the game there and get a few of those fields before right. the season starts. Right. And so if and the reason I asked you that question is is not everybody that listens to the podcast is a seasoned water vet, waterfowl veteran. There's a lot of guys that are learning. They're listening to the mm-hmm. podcast because they mm-hmm. want to learn more about mm-hmm. it. And so the the point there is you know, you're talking about peas, you're talking about you know um do they ever feed in a canola field? Um, Seldom. I saw a group sometimes. of speckle bellies feed a canola field last night. I don't know what's with those birds, but they're crazy. But normally they don't no. feed. A normally field. they don't. No. no. Any cereal crop they'll feed. Okay. Yeah. So peas, oats, barley, barley, wheat. wheat. Yeah. yeah, that makes their, sense. Their number one is peas. As a general rule, they like the peas the best, but it kind of depends. Yeah, and for for beginners, find water. Birds need water for the night. Mm-hmm. If there's a field close to water, more than likely there's going to be birds. Yeah, and so in different parts of the country, you're looking at different crops. Yeah, yeah exactly. But yeah. cereal grain crops are, are a big one, you know, whether it's corn, whether it's rice, whether it's millet, whether it's, like you said, wheat, barley, oats. Yeah. It's going to be something like that everywhere. The biggest thing is that I've found is, is that scouting, though. I mean, you oh, yeah. hit the nail on the head. When I was, when my brother and I were your age cutting our teeth and just getting after it hardcore we spent more windshield time and burned up more money on gas oh yeah i mean it is it was crazy and we had an area and this won't mean anything to you guys but we had an area it was a three county area and for where we lived that was a ton that we hunted a three-county area, and we had farms we could hunt all over the place. Oh, yeah. And just the scouting involved with that every single day, it was, it got to be exhausting. You, oh, ever, yeah. get, you ever get worn out by it? Oh, yeah. Last year, well, last year was my first year with Rod. Rod had been doing it for three years. Last okay. year, I joined him. 
And by the end of the season, it was, well, I had a moose hunt in between. My last hunt was October 23rd. We shot a limited ducks and some snow geese. But after that, I was like, okay, I'm good for a bit now. And then mm-hmm. a week later, we're like, where's the geese? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You said something at dinner the other night. <laughs> Kyler was talking about going to Zimbabwe. Yeah, tell me, tell us about that. Kyler is talking to Brandon, and he said he's going to Zimbabwe in twenty-three or something. And he he says, Brandon, if I have an opening, you want you want to go? And Brandon's uh, and he looks at me, and I just ask, Are there geese in Zimbabwe? <laughs> <laughs> that is how ate up with geese you guys are, yeah. especially you. <laughs> I mean, you both you both love it, but when you guys play off of each other, it's like yin and yang. It's unbelievable. Kurt is just this goofball. If you had, if you had, you get the blonde hair. If you had a tail, you'd be a yellow lab, just happy all the time, just. Wagon tail wagon. Where's the birds? Where's the birds? Where's the, where's the birds? And you balance him out so well because you're you're the one going. Kurt, quit, quit flagging. <laughs> Put the flag down, Kurt, because you're you're just like calm and dry. And so it is hilarious. If we sat next to you, the banter that comes out of your panel between the two yesterday morning it was. We had one, one, I don't know, 15-minute block where there was no birds flying, 15 minutes. And we were just kind of like, oh, catch your breath, take some, drink some coffee. And we're listening to you guys just <laughs> go back and forth doing the brother thing. And Brandon and I are just dying, <laughs> absolutely dying. But it's, it's cool because you guys obviously get along. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's fun to hunt with you because... There's just like I said. There's that. There's that banter, the yin and the yang, and at the end of the day, not only have we had a good time, but we've killed a pile of ducks and geese because you guys know what you're freaking doing, and it's not everybody in the industry does. Not everybody that you're going to go with as a guide necessarily has the local knowledge, has the connections, has the ability to call, can shoot. Splatipus, <laughs> you hit those two ducks yesterday, and you <laughs> shot them so fast. They were on your side. Yeah. So it was like. Well, they were in the sun. You guys didn't even see them. Couldn't even I see I was them. like, there's ducks up front, ducks up front. And you called the shot, and I couldn't see the bird. I said, kill them, and it was boom, boom, and they were both dead behind the blind, and I shot them in front of the blind. And- yep. <laughs> yep, because I and you could tell it happened so fast. We're like, I'm like scrambling looking for these birds when you called the shot, and you waited. You gave us the chance to shoot them. And you're like, well, they're not going to shoot. So, and that, that's one of the things I appreciate too, is you guys aren't just trigger pullers. You're not just out there shooting, 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 shooting. Your clients come first. Yeah. And you are making sure that we had shots of birds and that we were getting our, getting our birds and we were getting shooting. But you weren't just bystanders either. Because I've seen both. Mm-hmm. I've seen guides that they're just out there to hunt out of control kind of just yeah they're just they're calling shots and they're shooting you know shooting birds out from other the clients and it's like really yeah that's dude i'm not paying you to hunt i'm paying you to guide yeah mm-hmm. and then there's other guys 
that don't even take a gun, that don't shoot at all. And I liked the happy medium that you guys brought because I felt like, especially by now, like this last two days, it's like hunting with buddies. You know, it was like we knew, I knew what you were going to do. I knew what you were going to do. We, we had spent enough time together where we could read each other pretty good. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't even have to call a shot. There's a bird coming on my side, and I'm just like, I'm going to stand up and shoot this yeah, thing. Yeah. Boom. And yeah, I don't know. It, that's a rare thing. What you guys have is a, is a really rare thing in, in the world of guiding one, you're not burned out on it. You you are so passionate about what you do, and it's infectious. It makes it gets me excited. You would call. We'd get done bear hunting, and one of you would leave a message with Brandon, and Brandon would go, "Well, we got to meet him at the co-op at four thirty because it's midnight." And we'd sleep for a couple hours, get up, go kill birds, come back, eat breakfast, go take a nap, and then go bear hunt again in in the evening. And so it has been a grind. Mm-hmm. And it's been, I'd, I'd love to stay for another week and just keep going. But duty calls at home. I got to get back. But <clears throat> this this experience for me has been something that I would like to do many more times in the, in the future. I'm, I already texted my dad and I was like, we got to do this. We got to, you got to come, we got to come up here and do this. It's going to be a ball. Yeah. The, so if, if somebody wants to book this hunt, what do they do? Basically contact Kyler, Kyler Knelson. Um, he's the owner of Wingmaster Outfitting and Adventure Northwest, so you basically get a hold of him, and he'll uh, talk to us about booking stuff in, and we make a schedule and book guys in. Is that and that's what that's how it kind of worked out for us. And then you called. Mm-hmm. We were on our way up here. Yeah, we I just saw your Edmonton. Brandon's number from Kyler, and I called, and I and showed I, up here Sunday night, I guess. And yeah, you came in and met us Sunday night. You didn't ruin supper. <laughs> It was, that's another thing that you don't always get. And the fact that you called 24 hours before to see where we were, what time we were going to be here, and just take care of things. Not everybody does that. It's like, meet here tomorrow morning, and we'll go kill birds. And you get there, and you don't know anybody, and you're kind of like, ah. But it was, I could tell from that phone call, I was like, this is going to be a good experience. This is going to be awesome. And it was. It was absolutely dialed in hunting but what else do you guys have on the books for the rest of the year well we're pretty booked up till end of october or no sorry end end of of september September. and yeah we'll just keep slamming them are you gonna hunt moose i didn't get a tag this year no but i've got next saturday i want to head out to manning it's two hours north no sorry south south of here and i got a a rifle mule deer tag. Ooh. That's a four-year draw. That'll be a ball. Yeah. So me and my wife are going to head up or head down there and try to get a mule deer. Good, good luck, man. That's awesome. And rods, I guess. The big white tail guy. I try. You shoot some big ones? No, not yet. <laughs> I'm still at the stage where I'm, every year I'm 
shooting a little guy and learning stuff so <laughs> climbing that climbing <laughs> yeah, that ladder climbing the ladder yeah. well you live in a you live in an amazing place where you could the next world record could walk out in front of you at any any moment so pretty cool stuff but guys that's uh we're sitting at over an hour on this thing which oh we could i mean i wish i'd have just had a well i did i had a live mic the entire time we were out filming and so we've got more you guys are we're, this episode's going to release when when we release this episode you're going to see everything i was talking about about the camaraderie of these two this brotherhood this waterfowl brotherhood the goose brothers i like it yeah the, goose <laughs> the curtain rod the curtain rod that's right <laughs> but you guys are going to see it because you've got to experience this to truly appreciate it and I can't thank you guys enough. I thank yeah. you for being on the podcast, and I thank you for this time up here. And I have one last question, and I'll start with you. And I try to end every podcast with this. If you could only hunt one bird one way for the rest of your life, what's it going to be? Canada goose on a pea field. <laughs> Canada geese on a pea field. He knows where his bread is buttered. Kurt? Um, I'd say a speck belly over water. Over water? Or no, sorry, on the edge of a water. Okay. I've got a weakness for speck bellies, and I just, it eats me up. They're so skittish, but every time you learn something, and someday we'll just. It's awesome. You would like, and, and, and I can see that when you said that, because you would get excited when Canada's would start decoding, oh, yeah, Canada's. And you'd get all jacked up when specs would, <laughs> specs were bars. in, were in the like air. I like bars. And we shot some barred up oh, birds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just gorgeous birds. Yeah. But anyway, thank you, fellas, for coming on. This was awesome. Thanks for taking the time to sit down doing the podcast. And if you guys are looking to come to look well peace river there's really only in my mind one place to hunt geese in canada and it's peace river alberta in lacrete and if you want to do that you got to get a hold of these guys and again it's wingmaster outfitting kyler knelson and you can look it up We've got a brand new website yeah and you guys are firing up the social media engine we were talking about that earlier yeah so you'll be firing up an instagram account make yeah. sure you check that out and give these guys a follow you're going to love what you do. One of the things that, before we go, one of the things that I did not anticipate is your skill with the camera. Well, this is my first year. I've never actually used well, a camera before. He's a creative guy, and naturally, once he's got a camera on hand, he knows he knows where to be to take good pictures. He's, yeah, the pictures, the pictures that you had were phenomenal. Yeah. And I think that's something, too, that you bring to the table. You guys offer as a on top of this yeah guys are going to come up here they're going to do this hunt and they're going to walk with a bunch of awesome photos too yeah usually it's curtis or me we're taking breaks with the gun and we're just taking pictures and yeah. videoing and you guys were always videoing and running around doing stuff that's extra that not everybody does and it's it's huge so good on you this has been an absolute ball and we're oh well over an hour so i'm going to cut you guys loose you go take a nap and get it and get another field for tomorrow morning you bet. Sounds good. Well, we don't hunt on Sundays, but. Ah, that's right. Tomorrow's <laughs> Sunday. Well, we're going home tomorrow anyway, but you can line out a field maybe for Monday after church or something. So, cool. Thanks, yeah, and fellas. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Oh, appreciate I it. will be back.
I will Sweet. be back. I don't know when, but I'm, this is, like I said, I told Brandon, I said, if, if I could afford it, I would be here every fall. I would start my hunting season here every fall doing this hunt, geese and bears. Yeah. It's been phenomenal. Thanks, fellas. You bet. Thank you.